Hello and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Cappy. I'm Cappy Kelly and I wanted to start off this show by addressing a few people pointed out last week that the audio was a bit off. It is a free show, so unfortunately that was the best quality audio I could afford at the time. But I do know that it has been corrected for at least this week because I'm recording this podcast straight out of the most high-tech recording studio I could find while traveling, a.k.a. my hotel bathroom. The acoustics are great, so don't judge. Uh, But I am on the road this week. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm a huge wrestling fan. Uh, I only started watching a few years ago at this point, but I am completely addicted. So, of course, when I found out that I could fly out to New York and cover SummerSlam for AfterBuzz this weekend with two of my co-hosts, I knew I had to go, and I did, and I'm here. So we're doing this. Um, I'm out here all week, got out here a little bit early, and I'll talk more about that after the interview today, as well as we are going to start the official CWC Q&A at the end of the show. You guys sent in some hilariously awesome questions, which I will answer at the end of the show. But first, before we get into any of that, Allison Stoner is my guest this week. You may know her from Cheever by the Dozen. She is the voice, or was the voice, of Isabella on Phineas and Ferb. She was the iconic childhood backup dancer in Missy Elliott's work video uh, and a ton of other music videos. She's just been a powerhouse ever since then as well. She's been working on original music. She's got two new movies coming out. She's still dancing, still taking acting classes. And in the little free time she gets, she studies psychology and agriculture. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard before, in order to succeed and maintain confidence, you should never compare yourself to anyone. Uh, Well, definitely never compare yourself to Allison because she's got you beat. Uh, She's just one of those people... She makes the hardest workers look like couch potatoes, like the the three-year-old that can already speak four languages and you can barely string together enough words to make a coherent sentence. But good thing that we're not comparing ourselves to her because she would win. One of the many reasons why I wanted her on as a guest because she has accomplished so much. So without further ado, my interview with Allison Stoner. Joining me today, dancer, actress, singer, neuroscience enthusiast, (laughs) Allison Stoner. I feel like you have so many things that you have going on all the time, and I I have trouble keeping up. And all of the personalities that live inside my head, (laughs) which I study. That's one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Good to see you as well. And I want to talk about everything that you have going on right now movies, music, all that stuff. We're going to take it back to the very beginning, though. How you got your start in the industry. Oh, Um, wow. I know that you you grew up in Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. And then what was there? Was there like a a pivotal moment where you were like, we have to make the move to L.A.? Yes. I attended a convention called International Modeling and Talent Association, IMTA, in New York. And I was actually going, I believe, as my sister's substitute because okay. she had a second dance convention happening at the same in the same time. And I ended up doing very well, surprisingly. I think I got like seven awards. Yeah. And we weren't expecting any of that. We don't know anything about Hollywood coming from Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> And Your parents are not involved in the industry. No, no yeah. affiliation whatsoever. Um, and afterwards, the agents and managers recommended highly that we try it in Los Angeles. And that's a huge family decision to mm-hmm. see if it, it's going to neg- negatively affect my siblings and everyone involved. So we tried it for nine months. Um, again, they proved to be really successful very quickly. Yeah. So we ended up making the move to Los Angeles, and the rest is history. During that time, was it, um, like, 
one of your parents would go with you uh, to auditions and stuff? Yes. So my mom uh, traveled mostly with me uh, to every audition, and and she still tried to make it to my sister's basketball practice and my other sister's fashion, whatever. Yeah. So it was it was a stretch, and it was really tough, but I'm grateful that she was right by my side through yeah. it all because it could have gone a lot differently. Yeah. And that's a lot to balance, but for you, especially being so young, making the trips out to LA, Mm -hmm. you really need that support system as well. More than I was aware of at age six. Um, (laughs) And what I love is that she focused on the industry being a a hobby. So she treated it the same way if I was interested in planes, she would let me take an aviation class. Um, So I never really saw the Hollywood fame side of it. I saw a passionate thing that I love to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you still have chores and things like that growing up? My mom was not one to give us chores, but really? I, I was the daughter who asked if I could clean. I think it was like a reverse psychology tactic because I would ask her if I could mop or I would ask her for like the pledge. And since we've transitioned to eco-friendly products, <laughs> but, um, and I'm sure pledge is great. How <laughs> back to everyone involved. Um, but I would go around watering our fake plants thinking I was helping them. (laughs) She just told me recently that they weren't real. Did your sisters do that as well? Or your sister? And I don't know that all three of us took the same mentality. I'll let Jamie and Corey fend for themselves. Okay. Yeah. But you were one to clean everything. I was a perfectionist and an extremist, so if I wanted it to be clean, it had to be tidy. I think I just really wanted everyone's approval. Maybe that's why I liked acting. Like, <laughs> let me win you over. What do you want me the to do? World. I can do it. Not yeah. just your family. Right. I dream big. Yeah. yeah. So things started very fast for you once you did make the move to L.A. Was that overwhelming for you at all as a kid? As a child looking back, um, it definitely made different habits that I carry with me and have to change as I get older because I was such a workhorse at so young that I didn't really develop the same kind of friendships with people. I was almost a little isolated and socially awkward. Um, So I... That's me at 25 or 26, so... So my mom kept me in regular school for as long as we could and we tried to establish some sense of normalcy. But yeah, between like the Missy video... And then going to school for three quarters of a month to be told that you booked a movie. You know, it was like, I don't know. I don't regret it. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty neat life to be able to look back on. So definitely, I'm grateful. Definitely. Do you ever feel like you missed out on things like prom or the graduations? Well, I didn't go to my own prom, but I did go to my best friend's prom. As oh, you her did? Date. Yep. So I tried to get all of the normal experiences in. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, like, kids are pretty pretty cruel to each other. So I almost feel that my self-concept, although I had Hollywood coming after me, I was able to see, like, that's a monster that no one can beat sometimes. Um, But school is, like, so personal um, and intimate that I feel maybe I I was privileged to not go through some of the peer pressure. Mm -hmm. So... And you seem to to still want to continue your education. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. In your free time, you like studying neuroscience and, uh, what is it, agriculture? Yes. Sustainable <laughs> farming. It's a newfound hobby. Um, what have you learned so far? Teach us your knowledge. Well, I want to actually learn more about, I'm not going to go into detail here, but this is, I'm so, such you a You have nerd. to go into detail at this point. Well, there's an actual place, I think it's in Indianapolis, um, and it's like a center of nuns, and but it's a center for eco-spirituality. Okay. And it has something to do with um, kind of getting back to our, our roots and treating the earth with the respect that it needs so that it starts renewing as, yeah. as opposed to us just... What we're doing to it right now. Yeah. Um, and I won't go into like any kind of political jargon here. <laughs> just know that I fully support taking proper care of yourself and the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think that this thirst for knowledge came from? It's innate. Uh, I'm very curious, and I think I struggle with a lot of big questions, so I'm forced to either have them buzzing in my head or seek out information. Yeah. And I chose the latter. So where do you usually seek out information from? Do you watch a lot of documentaries? Do you just read I a lot of stuff on the web? don't watch movies, okay. which I, sh- I should. There's a lot of education in film. 
um, and it's obviously what I love to do, but um, I find that I read quite a quite a few articles from different people, and I like to honestly uh, read a wide variety of opinions and perspectives um, so that I'm cultured and aware yeah. as opposed to just only fueling my point of view yeah. because um, that's not going to bridge the gap and help all of our differences uh, be mended. Yeah. So we... You'll have a better, like, a well-rounded opinion on it then. And you end up building compassion for understanding where people are coming from, which is why I like studying neuroscience and psychology, to see the thoughts, feelings, uh, actions chain and... I won't go into it. <laughs> well, they say studying your opponent's viewpoints actually helps you in arguments. Yeah, it'll strengthen your argument, absolutely. But what if we wanted to strengthen the compassion and love? That, too. Da da. You're such a good person. I'm, I'm running for office, <laughs> so I'm not. Don't vote for me. <laughs> I have too many things I'm trying to do. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about all of those things, though? Let's because do it. I feel like you are just. Uh, what is it? A Jill of all trades? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, girl. You do everything, though. I, and I like a lot of things. Yeah. So <laughs> dance is something that you've been passionate about pretty much your entire life. Mm-hmm. How did you get your start doing that? I wanted to be like my older sister. She was enrolled in a dance school, and my middle sister stepped on all of our feet when she took classes there, so she's not cut out for the dance world, but I, I stuck with it. Um, and once we moved out to California, I realized... I know how to do steps, but I don't get the move. I don't know the foundation. I don't know the art form. I don't Mm -hmm. know these styles, the culture, the history. Um, So it's been a life instructor. And a lot of it has to do with being in your body and being vulnerable. So for a perfectionist, it's like the best creative challenge every single time that I dance. Do you have a favorite style of dance? Um, Right now I'm training in-house and I want to learn more like Afrofusion. Okay. And... um, and of course, hip hop is always fun, but I would love to kind of diversify. Maybe whacking. Like I have so much what? respect. What? What is that? I could demonstrate, but I will like. <laughs> it'll be so disrespectful. Just tear the roof off, too. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, just type it in. You'll see. I'm sure you'll also see some really poor renditions of it. But hey, to each his own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is something that you want to continue taking classes in and. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm a student first and foremost, and there's always something to learn. And even when you're you're dancing with non-professional dancers, everyone everyone moves differently. There's yeah. something beautiful about the way every single person moves. So I'm not looking for experts. I'm looking for feeling and connection. Yeah. And dance has really helped you get certain acting roles with mm-hmm. the whole Step Up franchise yes. um, and several other things. Mm-hmm. They kind of are this fusion where you do both of them at the yeah. same time. Um, and what's exciting is the one of the new films, Summer Forever, I finally get to have my own solo performances where I'm acting, singing, and dancing. And I'm not, you know, in, in the background. I... With all due respect, like, I'm so grateful for every movie that I've been a part of, but yeah. my character either gives up dancing or she doesn't get a moment to shine. So I'm very adamant about this new movie, Summer Forever, and, yeah. and sharing that it's one of the most special projects I've been a part of because the director gave me an opportunity to showcase the 15 years of training and growth that yeah. I've done. And Summer Forever, too, getting into that, that has a really cool cast mm-hmm. um, assembled for it. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that project. Yeah, Summer Forever stars Megan Nicole and uh, Cody Johns from Vine, Ryan McCartan, a lot of YouTubers and influencers. Yeah. And it centers on three best friends spending their final weekend together before they leave for college and go their separate ways. It's really grounded. It's really sincere. It's very heartfelt. Um, I play Liv, who's kind of boy crazy, outspoken, outgoing, um, but I think under her tough exterior, she's actually nervous that her best days are behind her and that she'll get stuck in her small town and yeah. kind of never believe in herself enough or find someone else to believe in her. So that what, that's what makes her a really relatable character then? Yes. I think she she has a mouth on her and she's got a great sense of humor, and yet the only time that she truly breaks down is when she's alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's afraid to be vulnerable with other people. And that's one of my favorite numbers in the movie, my my solo um, to a song called Powerless. And, and while it's so powerful to watch, the song is essentially about feeling powerless. Yeah. 
There's been this trend I feel like we've seen recently, we've all seen recently, of social media celebrities transitioning into mm -hmm. more mainstream projects, mm -hmm. um, being parts of feature films. Mm -hmm. What are what are your thoughts on that? Well, just like they're transitioning to traditional media, I'm transitioning to new media. So I think it's becoming more of a hybrid market. Yeah. Um, what they have as an advantage is an amazing engagement with their fans um, and such an immediate response. All the feedback that you, we could ever want as actress, actors and actresses, they get. Um, now they'll have to learn what we know from, from another angle, but there's room for everyone everywhere. And I think you'll be really surprised and impressed with how well Megan handles carrying an entire movie. Oh, yeah. Like, this is her first acting role, and she's the lead. That's pretty intense. I've interviewed her before, and she's mm -hmm. one of those people that, like you, I think is beyond her years in maturity. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible to see. Yeah, she's really kind, uh, really hard worker, um, very wise, and she was a joy to be around. Like, one of this, just the sweetest. You just want to <laughs> pinch her cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Anna Grace, uh, our third amiga. <laughs> we couldn't have been a better fit. It was really, really great casting. Yeah. And there were a lot of days where you guys filmed on the beach, right? Yes, it was really grueling. <laughs> hard work. Terrible. Don't pay you enough. No, no, let me tell you. Um, no, the reward was in making this film, and most of the scenes are actually improvised. Really? I mean, like, there's a plot, and there's a loose script, but Roman let us really banter back and forth. That's got to be so much fun. It was amazing. So you really have to know your character then mm -hmm. to make something like that work. Yes, we had to all respond, you know, in our native kind of perspective, mm -hmm. but uh, it left a lot of room for play and all of those unexpected moments, Roman did a great job at, at putting them in there so you can see like, oh, I don't think that was planned, but it's it's really fun. It's like being with your best friends. You don't know what that one girl is going to say all the time. You know, you're yeah. like, Jess, that's my best friend. It makes friend. the reactions that much more genuine as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And we had fun, since Megan is newer to traditional media, we had fun kind of plotting what kind of things we would say to, like, see what would happen. <laughs> it was amazing. Throw her off, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but we had some really great reactions. So yeah. It worked. Have you taken improv classes before? I took one improv class. I have such admiration for people who can ad-lib, and I want to be better at it. Um, but it just takes such a carefree sort of reckless abandon, and I don't know that I'm quite there yet. So I shouldn't get back to class. They're fun. They're really fun. Yeah. I've taken a They're couple classes. They're kind of classes. intimidating. UCB, mm -hmm. my favorite. And you're Love like... It. You're like, I think I'm funny in real life. And then you get in the class and they're like, be funny within this frame yeah. of whatever. And do it in this scenario now. And you're like, oh, I, ooh. Well, that's the thing is everyone always thinks you're supposed to be funny. And the people that try to be funny, I feel like, Are end up just funny. falling flat on their face. And it doesn't work yeah. out. So. See, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm willing to fail in order to learn. So I think I need to go back to class. Will you go with me? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Sign Great. up. It's like an exciting, terrifying. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah, mostly terrifying for me. <laughs> but there's some excitement in there. As long as you can make fun of yourself, that's all that matters. I'm getting pretty good at that. <laughs> pretty good. So I want to talk about your other film that you have coming out, Sugar Babies. Yes. Um, this is a complete different kind of film than yes. Summer Forever. Mm -hmm. So for people that don't know anything about it, tell us about that. Sugar Babies is a very mature movie. It's far more dramatic than any of my other work. It's going to be on Lifetime August 15th at 8pm and it follows Katie Woods uh, through her freshman year at college and she is unexpectedly involved with this sugar daddy and she has her own financial troubles, so the arranged companionship kind of has its advantages yeah. until sincere feelings develop, and then she has to navigate sort of her core values, like re-examine who she is, who she wants to be, what her stance is on such an issue. Um, and my favorite part about this is that we never tell you what to think. We yeah. never give you a point of view, but it does open a dialogue. So I think, I hope whoever watches with their family and their friends, they, they talk about 
this topic. Yeah. When you have, um, when you're getting into different roles like that, uh, how do you kind of navigate those different characters? Well, for one, um, you have to set aside your own views and not judge them for the choices they make, uh, but find a reason why that made sense, either impulsively or intentionally. Um, and then afterward, with each scene, you have to remember that as when you can see it as a whole, um, it's hard to, to stay in the moment. But if I haven't yet discovered all of these things yet... Um, People ask if I did a whole bunch of research on the sugar baby world. Yeah. No, because my character didn't do a whole bunch of research in, for this, you know, scenario. It happened to her. Yeah. So I have to know her roots. And if I know her roots, then I'll respond how she would respond in such a situation. You more so have to go into it with uh, being naive. Mm-hmm. You have to experience it the way that they would, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am now kind of realizing how the whole fascination with psychology and See? neuroscience is coming into play. See? Yeah. Everyone's history. If you think about it this way, every human is a sum of their experiences. And every single thing that you've experienced is shaping why you're sitting that way, why your hair looks that way, why you reacted that way. probably. Every single thing you do. (laughs) So it helps me realize how many different kinds of characters you can build when you have a different set of experiences for everyone. Do you have a dream role moving forward? Um, Honestly, my focus is shifting to music right now. But I am so in love with just sharing honest um, portrayals of any human being. Ordinary is fascinating to me. Small things are big things. And I I don't have a desire to do some kind of epic action film, but I do it. I just want to see the humanity in it. And I want to be able to tell a story that, you know, hits you right where you really feel it and it affects you um, in any kind of way. And there's room for all kinds of films. Yeah. Um, I'm more than willing to take risks and explore all kinds of roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the new single that you just released, Pretty Girls, is mm-hmm. in association with the film. Yes. Um, but do you, I know you want to work on um, some of your more original music as well. Yes. So Sugar Babies, the opening song, is a song that I wrote for it with uh, Dexter Darden from Maze Runner and producer Rob Grimaldi. And... It's fabulously perfect for Sugar Babies, but it's not my identity as yeah. an artist. My sound is more global pop, uh, new school Janet Jackson. Um, it's got that percussive classic feel, yeah. but it's very vibrant. You can dance to it. It's powerful. It's dynamic. I've heard you say the female Justin Timberlake before, yes. and I love that analogy. Yeah, we want to play around with the best of the best qualities from all of the iconic performers and give you that all-around entertainment again. Yeah. Um, and my single will hopefully be released this fall. And the video will be directed by Roman, who directed Summer Forever. That's so cool. So it's just... It's finally going to come to life. Yeah. It's been a long time. And Pretty Girls has a message as well behind it. Absolutely. So underneath the sheen and the polished sound... Um, is the message pretty girls learn to work it early. And it goes along with the movie, um, just sharing how we're conditioned as women, sometimes, not all the time, to uh, use certain facets to manipulate, just persuade people, yeah. get our way, get things done, um, how it's encouraged, how it's uh, frowned upon. And it just kind of examines that within a pop song. So yeah. I, I still try and keep things intelligent. If you look for the message, you'll definitely... You'll always find a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like with both movies and your music, you want to people to take something away from it. Yeah. I There's no reason to put out mindless uh, content. Now, there's a room for carefree fun. Yeah. And there's always room for just pure joy and just celebration. Um, but I still want it to have some kind of significance and sincerity to it. If I'm connecting with you... 
that's far more important than me just sort of being robotic and doing whatever someone else wants me to do. Yeah. And I know that you've released original music in the past, but mm-hmm. moving forward, is it really important for you to, I know you, you'll you sing on the tracks, you'll dance in your music videos, mm-hmm. all the above, um, but writing, you said you, mm-hmm. you had a huge everything. part of writing everything. That's yes. awesome. And this next single was written solely by me. Nobody else. That is so cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. And... Um, a lot of artists who do and don't write their music are fantastic writers. It just not it might not be the record that makes it, you know, out to public. But I'd say like you've got to give people more credit if they've made it in the industry. Even if you don't think they have the traditional talent it takes, yeah. they've got something else going on for them. So I just want to you know give a shout out to everyone and say to all of you watching like please be nice <laughs> and respect all the artists for what they do yeah like there's room for everyone there's like room for everyone and chances are even if you don't like them they've still figured something out that's working so mm-hmm. you got to respect them for that yeah yeah i have a question would you rather have a single that just is a huge radio hit, or would you rather have something that has a message and is personal to you? Does it have to be exclu- mutually exclusive? Just a, I don't know. Would you rather? I mean, because I think I think you can still have a great. You message can definitely have both in radio. Yeah. Um, to establish myself, I'm more than happy to put something out that's more celebratory. Yeah. But. Uh, to to totally sacrifice all meaning. If it doesn't feel honest, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. If it feels honest and it's a radio hit, great. If it feels honest and it's not a radio hit, great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I want to talk about um, I Pour Life because yes. that's something that I know it's a, a charity that you've been heavily involved in for mm. a while now. Um, but how did you get involved originally? And tell us about it because I know that you would probably do a better job than I would. Okay. Well... <laughs> I'll try and summarize it. Uh, I met Julie Higgins, the founder of I Pour Life, unexpectedly at the Mall of America when her daughter randomly asked for an autograph. I was doing a signing for another movie. She got to talking with my mother. My mother said, my daughter would love to be a part of what you do. Julie said, who's your daughter? Oh, it's Allison. So we stayed in touch. Uh, It's been seven years now that I've worked with the organization through all of the transitions. We did respect tours, inspiring young women to stand for Mm self-respect. And now it's evolved into in-school curriculum. It's uh, branched out globally. We have efforts in El Salvador and Ethiopia. And this trip I'm making to Africa in three weeks um, will be in the village of Cora. So Cora is uh, a leper colony of 100,000 people who feed off of other people's garbage. Most of the kids can't go to the school. Parents can't work to provide. So what we do is we meet them and say, hey, we're not here pretending to have your answer or be your savior, but if we can do life together, we can teach you some trades, some skills, healthcare, finances, other things that will help elevate you out of poverty and into sustainability. Yeah. So we're watching lives be transformed um, in a lasting way, and that's what's important to us, that we don't give a hand out one time, but we give a hand up to them. That's incredible. It's... How- beautiful. How has it affected you personally? Uh, What I love is that our approach is not that we have all the answers. Our approach is to journey alongside another human being. Mm -hmm. So if you open yourself up to just respecting them and loving them um, and receiving the love that they offer, you have these beautiful moments of connecting with someone who you otherwise might not have met. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they might do life differently than you, but there's so much room for all of our differences and um, you just learn to celebrate humanity and you see dreams restored, you see dignity restored, you see them come back online, you know, what once was sort of pushed away because they thought it wasn't possible is now possible again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, our passion is to make sure that they have trusted, consistent feedback and relationships with people who want to see them succeed, not just give them a handout and then pat themselves on the back. Yeah. So moving forward, I know you're incredibly busy with films and music and dance. Um, You think that charity is something that you're going to make time for no matter what? Always. But that's, that's 
I even if I wasn't doing it publicly, that's how I would want to live my life yeah. privately. I don't mind if people know that I'm going with iPro Life or because it probably inspires other people as well. Well, and I I hope it does inspire other people, and I'd love to use my platform to serve everyone. Um, but at the end of the day, like I want whatever I'm preaching publicly to be how I live privately. Mm-hmm. So if the platform goes away, I'm still going to be in Cora. Yeah, and I that's just the way it is. That's incredible though. <laughs> Um, so, I have some fun questions for you. Okay. That's okay. Are you ready? Yes. Maybe not so fun, but just random. How often do you Google yourself? Oh, um, I usually need images for press things, so maybe, like, once a week? Okay. That's good. It's for work. (laughs) We justify it. (laughs) Um, if you could eat one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, green smoothies. Green smoothies, okay. what? Yes, it's the jungle bowl from creation. Okay. Okay. It's like a green smoothie at the base, right? But on top, it's sort of like an acai bowl. There's granola, there's bananas, fresh berries, some honey, bee pollen. Okay. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals. That's so healthy. It makes me this energized. Why wouldn't you want one? Because it's not cookie dough. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, that's my second one. <laughs> Being honest, it's like the the super healthy thing and then cookie dough. And both are real sides of me. Yes. I'm a dancer, singer, actress. I also love all kinds of food. Yeah. Um, So, if you were to go on a date with a Disney prince, who would it be? Ooh, I admittedly have not seen many Disney princess films. Um, Gee, give me some options. Does Simba count? That one, sure. Okay. Simba. Simba. He's a good one. He's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's the nice guy. He's definitely... He goes through some times, but... But he just can't wait to be king. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Hypothetical. If you had a wedgie on a first date, would you pick it? Um... And how would you go about it? Absolutely. There are so many covert ways to readjust the outfit because what if you didn't and then he was looking at it for the rest of the night? Yeah. So, absolutely. You know, you just say, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful view. That's all it takes. (laughs) (laughs) And then readjust. Readjust is the word we'll use, yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, What is something you have to do... Um, like cross it off your bucket list. I know you and I have talked about skydiving before, but yes. is there anything else that you'd want to do? You know, while we're dreaming big, I'd love to headline a tour. Okay. You know, might, might as well reach for gold. That's awesome, though. I, it would be very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> God? How you doing up there? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, please. <laughs> It'll be for your glory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, speaking of music, I know you have a very eclectic taste in music, too, from Mm -hmm. Hillsong stuff to... um, Gregorian chants. Yeah, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Anything and everything. Okay. Um, How how did you stumble across Gregorian chant? That was actually a recommendation from one of my mentors. Okay. It's what he listens to, and... I found that really fascinating. And then I realized that it's really cool for, like, meditative purposes. I was going to say, meditating, yeah. And even melodically, as a songwriter, if you get too familiar with pop music, you're kind of like, okay, I've heard this scale so many times. But you listen to a Gregorian chanting, and you're like, whoa. It's like listening to jazz scales. You're like, oh, my gosh, what are they singing? What no? Is that a note? That's a <laughs> note. You know, but it's, like, it's beautiful. It's eclectic. It's, it's alive. Yeah. You were doing some not scales before we started the interview but I that was, was I was singing Bieber I think yes mm. it's, it's a good one <laughs> it's a really it's a good one yeah do you meditate at all speaking I do. of meditation you do I do it's actually how I wrote my next single really yes so <laughs> I had a I planned to fly back to L.A., and something in me, just a gut feeling, was like, stay one extra day. And I should have had a $2,000 flight change fee because it was that last minute. Somehow, the weather afforded us the opportunity to not have any fees. So I was like, all right, this is a sign. So I stayed, 
I meditated randomly. It was the first time I had ever done it. Yeah. And as I came out of meditating, I wrote the song. And it's the best song I've ever written. And since then, I meditate quite often. I've heard really positive things from oh my friends and family members who meditate. It doesn't have to be this, like, esoteric, like, thing that you just are looking for. I don't know. It doesn't have to be fancy, yeah. and it doesn't have to be... It just grounds you. It, it, it clears your mind. It grounds you in your body. It reestablishes the mind-body-spirit connection. It's really helpful for so many practical reasons mm-hmm. beyond like the profound ones. Even just breathing exercises. Absolutely. slows you down. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in the Western world, we veer away toward it because it still feels like uh, an unfamiliar philosophy. But the rest of the world... They're already on board, so we might as well. Yeah. Yeah, might as well catch up. <laughs> um, if you could time travel, go back 10 years and tell yourself, give yourself a piece of advice, what would you give yourself? Oh, my gosh. I would, wise? I would just say, I would tell myself that I, I love you, I love her. I think she needed to hear that from me. I think she needed to hear that from herself. Um, self-compassion is like one of the greatest challenges not just for women not just for kids growing up but really for human beings yeah um and i'm not sure why we have our answers that we we think um are the reasons but regardless uh i would just bridge the gap between this kind of like animosity and whatever and just i don't know just love her she just needed to be loved. She needed to know she was loved. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's uh that's the the deep <laughs> stuff for today. Well, everyone goes through that, I think. Yeah. At some point in their life. I don't know that everyone pushes through to the positive other side though. Mhm. Um I think a lot of us settle for listening to the inner critic. Mm-hmm. And some of that is normal, some of it's helpful and healthy, but some of it doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess this is veering off track a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, being in the industry for so long, I know it's we become our own worst critic, but mm-hmm. did you ever have anyone telling you that you might not succeed? Um, well, as an actress, I got told no 95 out of 100 times. I'm sorry. What am I saying? 99 out of 100 times. Um, and... You grow up with that idea that you you have to change yourself in order mm-hmm. to win. Um, but at the same time, it made me stronger. It made me more curious. Yeah. Um, I used it as an opportunity. And if you can see if you can see the bright light in all things, it's a very helpful. Um, you're less phased by the chaos, by the criticism, and you're more I don't know, just excited to continue pushing forward yeah and it's it's really hard to face rejection in any aspect of your life but to face it so much I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much that can affect you it definitely affects you and all the fears that we have if I can say one thing on fear I think we're afraid of fear but we have to remember that fear is afraid of itself so if you can if you imagine like sitting in a chair like we are and fear is right there what if the next time you're afraid of something instead of recoiling, you actually ask fear, how'd you get there? What do you mean? Where did you come from? It's sort of like a counselor's way of handling it, but you then become less afraid and you see that fear has information about you that you don't have about yourself yeah. yet because you're too afraid to ask. So use it as a learning tool um, and and trust that it's there because it, it thinks it's protecting you. It's trying to help you. It's It's just reacting according to what it knows. I've always said, and this is something that I've started doing recently, um, getting excited for when you're nervous. Like oh my that gosh, kind of yes. Stuff. Because if you're not doing something that you're scared of or you're nervous for, yes. then you're not challenging yourself at all. And I'm I'm so grateful that I now love failing. It stings in the moment, but I know that I'm trying something new. Yeah. And when I'm nervous, I too am taking note of it and saying, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm taking this dance class and I don't know what I'm doing. Good. <laughs> like, it feels uncomfortable. Good. But you just have to make sure when you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations that you stay grounded and you give yourself proper resources to manage the discomfort. Because yeah. that's when some coping 
tools can come in that are sometimes not good for you. And I feel like you're kind of in the stage where you're moving into a new part of your life. Like Mm -hmm. Phineas and Ferb just ended after 10 years. That was a huge chunk of like where you grew up. Um, You're doing new movies, new music. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably really exciting too. It's It's scary, but it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's because I'm not afraid to be afraid. I'm like so open. I'm so open to succeeding, to failing, to falling, to winning, to losing. You know, it's just like, it's all a part of the story. Just embrace it, go with it, and enjoy the ride with the people you love. Yeah. Do you have any advice for young girls or even guys who may want to follow in your footsteps and um, (laughs) are a little bit scared to? I don't know what footsteps of mine you want to follow in, (laughs) but um, carve your own path and... My advice would be to get to know yourself. Um, When you're growing up, if you're not asking yourself questions about where you came from, what you believe, you're not examining those things, those things end up kind of deciding themselves, and they'll be deeply embedded back there in the subconscious. So you might as well bring everything forward, hash it out while you've got a support system and teachers and friends around you, um, and then just go with it. And, And... Love your flaws, accept all the parts of you, and get to know all the parts of you. Um, And if you have any shame or confusion or guilt, like, just find the proper support. I just am all about restoring, um, just bringing yourself to a place of wholeness so that you can be the best tool to serve other people. Yeah. You know, if you're in the best place, then you if you secure your mask before helping others, then... Maybe you can save more people, you know, help more people, Definitely. not save them. And then last question, if you weren't doing all the things that you are doing right now, what kind of job do you think you would have? Oh, gosh. Um, to be honest, I think I would be a lawyer. Okay. And I think that's why life knew to put me in the arts because <laughs> I would have been so gung-ho on getting it right and being black and white about things and the arts forced me into a place of color so um thankfully I'm not (laughs) a lawyer although it'd be fun to play one on tv yeah or in a movie yes great (laughs) yeah but (laughs) acting stretches me being a lawyer would be like almost too simple because I'm already pretty rigid and like nah that doesn't work yes that works very formulaic. Yeah, and I love law. I'm one of those people, so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get into the other creative space, abstract. You can always study it in your time off, like agriculture and neuroscience and I will. everything else. Probably will. Awesome. Well, this brings us to our shameless plug section. Okay. So let everyone know when they can expect new music, uh, where they can see your movies, <gasps> all that fun stuff. How exciting. Well, uh, Sugar Babies airs on Lifetime, August 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Summer Forever, the movie, comes out later this month or next month on iTunes, and you can download it at summerforevermovie.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Stoner, A-L-Y-S-O-N-S-T-O-N-E-R. And my new music ah, is hopefully coming out in October or the fall, so keep your eyes peeled um, and know that the next song I'm releasing, I seriously mean it this time, this is me. So if you don't like this one, well... I tried. (laughs) I gave you my all. I gave you my heart, and you stepped on it. Oh, no. (laughs) But that's okay, because I would just get up and keep dancing. So I have a really good feeling about it, and so excited to see everything that I know you're going to accomplish in the future. Thank you. Yeah, and if you want to donate to our Indiegogo fundraiser for iPoorLife, you can find the link on my Twitter in my bio. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming in. Hopefully we'll have you back soon. I would love to. I absolutely loved talking to Allison. Apparently, we're signing up for an improv class together. Uh, (laughs) But she really is such a great human being to be around. Just radiates positivity and happiness. We originally met through last week's guest, Francia Raisa, on the radio show that she and I do together, What the Francia. Allison was a guest on a past show, and it was just so much fun to be around. So make sure to check that out. It's every Tuesday night on Dash Radio. 
because there are some great, great conversations and even greater guests. I taped this interview with Allison at the AfterBuzz studio before I flew out to New York, so there is video to it as well. If you want to see our faces along with hearing us, you can check that video out at youtube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. Just search for the Chatting with Kathy playlist and you can watch it. And then comment on it too. You can do all of that stuff. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm in New York this week for WWE's SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver this coming weekend. But I flew out early. Uh, my mom is here, and I just wanted to see her since I haven't seen her in a couple months. I've also gotten to hang out at Sirius XM Radio all week and shadow someone I've looked up to for a while now, Sam Roberts. If you don't know who he is, you definitely should. He's a podcaster and a radio personality. He has his own show on Sirius, aptly titled The Sam Roberts Show. It airs every weekday on channel 206, I think. Uh, if you have Sirius, I've been hanging out all week, so go back and listen to old episodes on demand. It's only been a few days, but such a great learning opportunity and a ton of fun. Hopefully I'll tape something with him for chatting before I leave, and then you guys can hear from him too. It'll be great. Now... It's time for the long-awaited Q&A. Uh, I don't know if it's long-awaited, but we're going to do it anyways. Last week, I asked you guys to send in any questions you had, whether they were about work and the industry, dating, life advice, anything. Thank you guys, everyone who sent in questions. I'm going to keep doing this every week, so send in your questions any way you can. Twitter. Use the hashtag chatting with Kathy. Comment on Instagram. Comment on YouTube this week. Send a carrier pigeon. However, you can get them in, just send them in. Uh, I picked a few to do today. First question The Clement W asks on Twitter Do people tend to want to date people in the industry or do they want to date someone outside of it? Um, if we're talking about the entertainment industry, um, I would say generally speaking, people do date within that circle. Most of my friends are in the industry and I feel like that's kind of who you meet when, uh, you're working, you're hanging out with those people, you don't really have much opportunity to meet other people, but I do also have a ton of friends who are like, I don't want to date an actor ever, or I don't want to date a host. I don't know if people are that specific, but you can be if you want to be. It is nice to date someone that understands the industry because it is something, I don't know, there are a lot of things. There are long hours. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of self-motivation, which not many people outside it understand that aspect of the industry. But it can also be refreshing to date someone that knows nothing and just you don't have to talk about work. I hope that answers your question. Ian B is here on Twitter. I got it right this time. Always asks a ton of questions and I love him for it. One of the questions he asked this week, he said, if I pulled out a boombox old school and started dancing in a restaurant, would you dance with me? Depends on the song. I'm not a great dancer. It also depends on if I've drank. Mostly those two things. I would say any song from the early 2000s, definitely. If we're talking salsa, ballroom, definitely not. If we're talking... Hip-hop, breakdancing, I could try. I'll probably make a fool out of myself, but it would be fun. So, yes or no is the answer. B 
bgrassel15 on Twitter asks, I know hosting is a form of improv, but have you ever thought about using that training? The answer to that is yes. I love improv. I think it's great. Even if you're not involved in entertainment or hosting, I've taken some Second City classes in Chicago. I've taken UCB in LA, and I love it. It's helped me gain a weird amount of confidence. It's terrifying. Allison and I actually talked about this on the show, improv, and how terrifying it can be to be like, hey, you, go up on stage and be funny, but without any material. It's scary, but... When you do have a good scene, you're like, I can conquer the world. And you probably can't just from improv, but it's a great feeling. So, have I thought about using that training? Yes. Is it something that I would ever make a living off of? Probably not. Next question. Dr. Kane One asks... Would you rather spend a week being tiny in a world where everything is huge or be a giant in a tiny world? Dr. Kane won. Great question. You should be an interviewer. This is maybe my favorite question. But don't tell anyone because I don't want to play favorites. I would say anyone who has ever seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or honey, I blew up the kid, knows the correct answer is that you should be a giant in a tiny world. Because then you won't get stepped on. Just makes more sense. Anyways, that wraps up our Q&A segment. Thank you everyone again for sending in questions. If I didn't get to your question or you have another one that you want to send in, We'll be doing the CWC Q&A every week at the end of the show. Send them in using the hashtag chattingwithkathy on Twitter. Also, if you could take 30 seconds and go over to iTunes, rate the show five stars, leave a comment. E and B, I can help you write one. Maybe something along the lines of, wow, the audio is so much better this week. I take back everything bad I said on Twitter. And Kathy, you're the best. You know, just something like that really helps out, not only with helping other people find the show on iTunes, but it also helps my confidence. Five stars and a nice comment. Um, (laughs) If you don't subscribe already, do that too. Tell all of your friends to subscribe. Tell your neighbor, tell a stranger, tell everybody. I will love you forever. And finally... Tweet me with what guests you'd like to hear on future shows. I'm on Twitter, at Katherine Kelly. On Instagram, at Kathy Kelly. Snapchat and Periscope, too. You can see all of the craziness this week in New York. Thank you again to Allison Stoner for being today's guest. Thank you, Kevin Undergaro and Phil Spitek, for helping me produce this lovely podcast hobby of mine. And thanks to you guys for listening. Tune in next week, next Thursday. I'll have another brand new Chatting with Kathy. Later, dude.